This winter, Hulu and Disney Plus are better together in a brand new bundle. That's wicked. Wicked good. With titles like Disenchanted and Willow on Disney Plus. And Fleischman is in trouble. And welcome to Chippendales on Hulu. I love this place. All for just $9.99 a month. All of these and more now streaming. 18 and over only. Access content from each service separately. Offer valid for eligible subscribers only. Terms apply. See the DisneyBundle.com for details. Even when things don't work out, there will be a path forward. It may not be immediate, but it happens. And being open and curious and willing to walk forward and take the risk, well, you know, that certainly characterized my life. Welcome to Ending Domestic Abuse, a one-of-a-kind virtual resource for helping victims escape abuse, empowering survivors, and preventing relationship violence before it can even start by giving you the tools to improve your confidence, life skills, and hope. I'm your host, Dr. Ludi Green. On my podcast, you will hear from top experts in fields like finance, economics, psychology, and more. And you'll hear stories from people who have defied the odds, overcome abuse, and found their way to success. Together, we'll offer you support and practical ideas to pursue your goals, start on a new path, and protect yourself and others from abuse. Today's episode will be another edition of our series of highlighting successful women at the top of their fields who will tell you their incredible stories, share their advice, and act as your virtual mentor. We'll be right back after this short break. Ending Domestic Abuse is brought to you by Audible. Something you need to know about me is that I love to multitask. I'm a businesswoman, a mother, and a wife. As an entrepreneur who had to build her own path to success, I'm always looking for ways to continue learning and to use my time more effectively. Audible has been a great resource for me. I can access hundreds of audiobooks from the palm of my hands and listen to them as I commute to work, while I cook dinner, or when I go on a run. Listeners who enjoy our last episode about self-care will love Audible's huge list of self-help books, as well as their guided wellness program. It is so important to continue to learn and improve yourself. You are worth it. Don't wait. Head to audibletrial.com slash ending domestic abuse to start your free trial so they know we sent you. All proceeds will go to improving this podcast to help even more victims of violence. Welcome back to Ending Domestic Abuse, and this is your host, Dr. Ludi Green. Today, we have a special guest who will share stories about her prolific career in life. She will share her motivation, successes, and failures she has experienced through her career journey, while offering important advice for those just starting out in their field or looking to advance their career. Today, our guest is someone who has spent her career uplifting and advocating for women, amplifying their voices, and sharing their stories in media film, and print. She's an Emmy Award-winning and Oscar-nominated producer who has served as president of CNN, the first female president and CEO of PBS, and the co-founder and curator of Ted Women, a conference about the power of women and girls to be creators and change makers. She's involved in multiple initiatives and nonprofits that fight violence against women nationwide and worldwide. And most recently, she released a book titled Becoming a Dangerous Woman, Embracing Risk to Change the World. This memoir shares her inspiring story and motivates all of us 
to become dangerous women in our own lives. It is my pleasure to introduce to you today our guest, Pat Mitchell. Welcome, Pat, to my podcast. We're thrilled to have you. I am thrilled to be here. And may I say a great feeling of gratitude for your work, Ludi, listening to what this podcast is about, the community you've created and the purpose for it. It's indeed an honor for me to be a part of this. Thank you so much, Pat. Can you start by telling our listeners a bit more about yourself and your work as a producer, author, and CEO? I decided to write a book about my life and career after many people encouraged me to share my story and the way that I had spent a life and a career encouraging other women to tell their stories. Because I felt wherever I went in the world that when I connected one-on-one or one-to-many women and we shared our stories and our life experiences, that was how change happened. So In writing a memoir, and it took me five years to do it, actually, I now feel like I've shared my life, so it's hard to condense it into a brief statement. But I think I'll sum it up by saying that, like many women, my grandmother was a great influence on my life, an uneducated farmer. I grew up with her in my early years, and she encouraged me to do three things that really defined the rest of my life. Be curious always interested in exploring a new opportunity, take risk. And that turned out, of course, to be a very important bit of advice because there's nothing that you can do or achieve in life if you don't take risk. And as she always said to me, if you want a bigger, better life than the one you're seeing around you, you're just going to have to take risk to make that happen. And the third thing was believe in yourself and never take no for an answer. And there were many times in my life when all three of those things came into play. And I love in your book when your grandmother says about if you fall on your face, you know, fell on your face for a leave you move forward. That's right. Isn't it's she falling. so positive? Oh my gosh. Right. Falling on your face is, is at least a forward movement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just love her. She was incredible. My gosh. Yeah. yeah. And you know, that, that was true throughout my life. Sometimes when I would take a job or I'd want a job or a particular position or a change and, and it wouldn't work out. It all, and it would feel like a failure or a, a mistake or a disappointment. And, Yet always, out of every one of those times, something would move forward. I would make a change that would end up being better than where I had been before. So believing in that, that even when things don't work out, there will be a path forward. It may not be immediate, but it happens. And being open and curious and willing to walk forward and take the risk, well, you know, that certainly characterized my life both the life in media as well as the life that's always been very important to me, which is the service part of my life, which is so much a part of what you do. Pat, what inspired you to become involved with the women's movement and using your voice and career to amplify women's stories? You know, I came of age in the South during segregation, during the civil rights movement, And during the women's movement, I was graduating from college as all of those social justice movements came together. And for me, growing up in a small town where there was racism and sexism and where all paths for women were very limited, it felt 
absolutely right for me to go onto those front lines. And I, again, remembering and resonating my grandmother's advice, I, I mm-hmm. felt I can make a difference here. I mm-hmm. need to, I need to be in this movement. So I joined the civil rights movement marches mm-hmm. and became a part of the women's movement at just the time when I had entered a marriage that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I was the single mother of a small child. I was fired from my job at teaching uh, because of not abiding by the Southern strictures and expectations, stepping outside that magic circle of expectations. So the women's movement, which was saying to all women, you know, we need to have more rights than we have. We need to fight for them. We need to speak up, stand up. And more importantly, we need to be together. We need to show mm-hmm. up for each other. And that's what the women's movement was for me. It was showing up for each other, for women everywhere. So it was a very important part of my life as I made the transition from the South to move mm-hmm. to the North, when I made the transition to move from teaching into media. And as I entered into media, realizing how much needed to be changed inside media in order to give women's voices, women's stories, to elevate the things that were happening in our lives, Mm -hmm. all of that connected to the goals of the Mm -hmm. women's movement. So it's still, I still feel like we're in a women's movement and it will be a women's movement that will eventually lead to gender equality, something we still do not have mm-hmm. in a single country on earth. It's totally true. And what you're saying, you know, what happened in the time in the South and what you lived through it, that's the passion that's carrying you now by yes. going all around the world and helping all of us to amplify, you know, our voices. And it, yes. it is that passion that's continue driving you. You continue doing that. And I am grateful for it. You know, what's interesting, Ludi, if I just might add about my travels around the world, is that now when I travel to Africa, to Kenya, Tanzania, South Africa, India, South America, women look at us now, American women, and they worry because we're going backward. Everywhere else, women in their fight for rights and freedoms have moved forward a great deal. And they they worry because we were the role models We were the women who had embraced freedom and liberation and who were moving into all sectors of life and work. And now they see that regression happening. So it feels more important than ever that we're back on the front lines of of moving towards social justice and full equality. What challenges do you face as a successful woman during your career in the media industry? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> many, many, as women face in every industry, being told, no, you can't do that because no woman's ever done that. Being uh-huh. told, no, you're not qualified. You don't tip, I'll tick all the boxes. By the way, women are expected to tick all the boxes. Men never even think about it. So I always say to women, forget that. Learn by doing. Accept the job, even if you don't know what. You haven't done the job before. I never would have gotten a job in media had I stopped and thought, well, I've never done this before. I just said, they said, can you do that? I said, yes, I can. (laughs) So yes, I I can, a characteristic uh, notion. And then in media, I was told, and this will happen to women no matter what job they're pursuing, if you focus on women, you're going to limit 
the, your achievements. You're going to limit your path to success, especially in media. They would tell me that don't tell women's stories. Don't become a women's reporter. You want to, you know, prove that that's not the most important thing. And of course, it is the most important thing. We have to be there for each other. The doors won't open. I pushed down a lot of doors like every woman I know, brought down some barriers, but those barriers still remain in many, many places. So the fight is far from over. You share in your recent book, Becoming a Dangerous Woman, Embracing Risk to Change the World, about your personal history with abuse and violence. You feel comfortable. Can you share this experience and how has informed and motivated your work fighting violence against women and children? In writing the book, I had to come to terms with the fact that I had never gone public with my own sexual abuse as a child. I was a victim of incest. And incest is, of course, one of the still greatest, darkest, deepest secret. And it was actually in a television program about incest that I was producing and hosting that I came to terms with my own past, which I had suppressed entirely, which is often the case with survivors of sexual mm-hmm. abuse. And I didn't, I couldn't decide whether to include that. I knew that I would alienate members of my family. I knew that I would shock people. But I also knew that if I didn't, I wasn't telling the full story and I wasn't helping other survivors find their voice. And interestingly enough, Ludia, I had already become very involved with the V-Day movement to end violence, sexual violence against women. Mm-hmm. And I, all my life gravitated toward that work, but mm-hmm. I had never put myself forward mm-hmm. as a survivor. I had never come to terms myself, and I had never gone public. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like I had to do that for myself And I had to do that for other women. I had to say, look, I did this. I spoke about this. I survived. I found my way to resolution of some sort. Yes, thank you for sharing. It's so important because many of us who have gone through some type of abuse or observe abuse, you know, we we live in shame and we want to hide it and we want to forget about it. We don't want to tell anyone that happened. But by opening our souls and our hearts, then we tell others that this happened to others too and that we have survived and we have overcome it. And this gives them hope, you know, because a lot of women, like when they go through things that you went through, they suicide or they enter into drugs, alcohol, and they cannot overcome. And so this is, this is unbelievable. And thank you. Thank you so much for the bottom of my heart for sharing your story right now. Can I just tell you briefly what empowered me to do this? Yes. Because shame and guilt are huge barriers to truth-telling, especially about something like this. Through my work in the Congo, where there are more survivors of sexual violence than anywhere in the world, and everywhere else, when I heard women find the strength and the courage, when I saw the courage that could come, the transformations that would come when women shared their own stories and reached out to each other and connected on their pain, but then through their pain found their own power. That is what empowered me, actually, to deal with my own abuse and to share it with others. That is unbelievable. I heard in a recent interview you mentioned the generational divide of women speaking up against injustice, discrimination, sexual abuse. We're seeing, especially in the past few years of the Me Too movement, that women are beginning to expose their abusers and tell their stories for the first time. 
many of the actors on the front lines are younger women. And as you mentioned in the interview, many of us in older generations were taught to stay silent and to not trust each other. What can we do as women to support younger generations in continuing to use their voices, but also support older survivors in overcoming the stigma, finding the courage to come forward and breaking that silence? Such a good question. And there's no, it's certainly clear that in my generation, silence was the way forward. I mean, we all kept silent about sexual harassment at work. We kept silent about our own personal abuse. We were afraid to share these stories or to speak out. And now many of us have found the courage to do that. And I find the next generation, they're coming into so many other global challenges and they are speaking out and they are on the front lines, but they haven't had to have the same fights for the rights and freedoms for reproductive freedom, for example. They haven't had some of those struggles and they are about to have them because we are moving backward not forward when it comes to the rights that protect women. And we still don't have protection under the law. We don't have an equal rights amendment. So there's so many things we have to fight for. And I have found the younger, many of the other generations have not seen that as their battle. But Mm -hmm. I think now they will, because if we're going to have full access to rights, to freedoms, to health, to economic empowerment, to all the Mm -hmm. opportunities that every woman and girl born into this world has the right to have, Mm -hmm. we're going to have to fight together for them. So bridging the generations, again, for me, begins with sharing our stories. Thank you. I totally agree with that. Please, will you share with our audience, where can they get your book? (laughs) Well, it's on Amazon. (laughs) It's in Barnes & Noble. So I, I think it's pretty widely available. And And thank you for reminding people. I did write it because I wanted it to, in sharing my story, I wanted to elevate how important it is for all of us to do the same, to trust each other enough. Thank you. And I strongly encourage every woman listening to this podcast to read Pat's book, Becoming a Dangerous Woman. I love the way you wrote your book and because it feels like I was telling you, like you're talking through the story, like I hear your voice and you're telling me your own story. So I couldn't stop reading until I finished it. So thank you for all the advice you provide through your book and by sharing your personal experience. So we're going to go right now and take a little short break. And when we come back, Pat will answer some questions from our listeners. Welcome back to Ending Domestic Abuse. Today, our guest is Pat Mitchell, and she will take some questions from our listeners. We have a question from Stephanie from New York City. She says, I am a 20-year-old single mom and a survivor of abuse. I have a college degree in marketing. I'm currently working in a financial institution, but my dream is to work in media, but I can't figure it out how to make the shift. Do you have any advice for me? Well, there is no one path to doing this. And of course, when I was trying to, I I didn't actually try to break into media, Stephanie, because I didn't know anything about media. I was an English major and an English teacher. But finding myself unemployed in New York and with the child to raise, which sounds a little bit like the situation you were dealing with, I was just looking for jobs. And somebody suggested going into television or to writing a story for one of the magazines. So I tried everything. I wrote stories as a freelancer. I knocked on every door. I applied for every job. I got a lot of no's. 
but I just kept trying. And nowadays, there are many new and more interesting ways, actually, to get to break into media. And some of it begins by doing your own media. We really have the power of media in our own hands now with the Internet and with posting. And and I'm not talking about tweeting and social media. I mean, that's one way of building a profile. But really starting to, to write and to find something that interests you, stories you want to tell or share. That's one way to start to find your voice, your media voice, a voice that you want to share with others. And then looking for job postings and and pursuing them. You might find out that the job you apply for is not the one you thought you wanted, but it could very well lead to the one you thought you wanted because mine started as a magazine writer and then it went to a television producer and then it went to a television host and now it's you know doing other kind of filmmaking and doing other kinds of media so media is, exists in so many forms but it is a powerful tool so i i do recommend that and and uh, encourage you to pursue it thanks once again to our guest pat mitchell and thanks to you for listening No matter who you are or what you have been through, you can find help and you can find a way out of abuse and into your new life. Send us an email through our website at ludigreen.com. That's ludigreen.com. Or you can call our hotline at 202-643-2327. That's 202-643-2327. We'll help you find a way out to freedom. You can find me on social media at Dr. Ludigreen on Instagram and Twitter. You can also help stop abuse by spreading word of our podcast. Just go on Spotify and please give us a five-star rating or share your comments. Thank you again. And together, let's all find a life you deserve.